This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. edition of the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga. I'm joined again by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer, just off the plane back from Arizona where the uh, the sun finally came out. So you came back here to Cleveland, Paul. It yeah, always works yeah, out that right. way. Yeah, just in time. Yeah, it was the weather was tough. And uh, I mean, it's not tough by Cleveland standards, but it was chilly. They're right about the uh, you know, it gets cold in the desert at night. It was cold. Not uh, not necessarily cold. The, the, the Indians are heating up in terms of signings and additions to the roster still going on. They bring in Tyler Clippard, a veteran reliever, 12-year veteran. They bring him in on a minor league deal. This is a guy who could really slot in and take over that spot right ahead of, of Brad Hand in the eighth inning, maybe uh, if, if things work out. Yeah, definitely, Joe. I think, uh, you know, along the lines of uh, A.J. Cole, Justin Grimm, James Hoyt, um, you know, Brooks Pounders, uh, Alex Wilson. You know, they've got a bunch of those guys in camp, you know, uh, veteran-type uh, major league relievers on minor league deals. And, uh, you know, they're very good at this. Uh, this is what they excel at, uh, you know, finding under-the-radar guys that, with good track records. And I would bet that, you know, at least two or three of those guys – that we just went over, probably make the club. And, uh, you know, Clippert's a guy, he's got uh, 60-some major league saves. Uh, he, he, he's been in the closers role in the past, but he, he really fits the profile of a guy who could, who could you know, work that eighth inning, be, be a setup man, and, and do, a, do a good job, right? Yeah, he's, uh, you know, they really don't have a setup guy right now, per se. You know, you've got Brad Hand. Uh, you know, and uh, Francona has said he's going to be the ninth inning guy. There's going to be times when he might, you know, like you use Cody Allen, have to get – if he hasn't pitched, he'll get four outs, maybe five outs. But I don't think he's going to be flipping back and forth like they, they did with him last year when he was pitching in sixth, seventh, or ninth inning, you know, the eighth. Not, he's going to be the closer, and uh, you're going to need some people in front of him. And uh, Clipper definitely has, uh, you know, the experience. He's – he saved games. You know, he saved like seven games, I think, last year for Toronto. He's got like a 32-save season, you know, in his resume from Washington. So this guy's been around. He knows, he knows how to handle things. And uh, we'll see what he has left, you know, if, how he shows in spring training. Right. And, you know, his age is uh, a, a question mark, obviously. He's 34. Uh, just turned 34, actually. But uh, he's still got that that good uh, the good changeup the good off speed stuff. Uh, if uh, if if I'm reading this correctly, uh, his swing and miss rate last year was was excellent was really high. Probably would have been uh, you know better than most relievers on the Indians uh, in the Indians bullpen last season uh, if they had acquired him, which which they could have done last year. He had cleared waivers after uh, after the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, this guy, uh, last year he goes four and three, 
3.67 ERA, 85 Ks, like you were saying, uh, 23 walks, 68 innings. So, you know, uh, he's pitched for like eight different teams. I think he's, you know, he's had two tours with the Yankees. Uh, so the guy's been around a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think this is the kind of guy Tito likes to work with. I think he's dependable. It looks like his numbers are pretty consistent. And, uh, you know, he, oh, Francona wants guys that he knows what he's going to get out of. That he's, They're going to pitch like, you know, he's got an idea like they're supposed to pitch when they get on the mound. He doesn't want to be surprised. And uh, I think last year he was surprised one too many times. Right. Uh, and, and in terms of uh, consistency and appearances, you know, there was a, a streak earlier in his career from 2010 through uh, 2014 when he was an all-star and actually 2015, uh, you know, 70 appearances a, a year, uh, every year. So that that's what, what Tito, you know, likes most of all is there's a guy you can run him out there and his arm won't fall off. So does Tyler Clippard answer the questions for the Indians bullpen now? Put that to rest? Are, are the Indians done making additions or, you know, is there, is there still a move to come? I don't know. I mean, they've got 12 non-roster pitchers in camp and that's a lot, you know, that, I mean, usually, you know, they, you know, you bring in like about 20 non-roster players now, but they've got 12 pitchers, you know, just pitchers. And a bunch of them are veteran guys. You've got 22 other pitchers on the 40-man in camp. So, you know, I think uh, it's either this is this should be it, or they're going to have to add like three or four more catchers because I don't know who's <laughs> going to how these guys are going to get all the work in. So, yeah, I would think I don't think it's going to go much beyond this. All right. Well, uh, moving on, the uh, the big news of the week is the signing of Manny Machado. He goes to the San Diego Padres, 10 years, $300 million, which was, you know, which were the numbers that were, you know, thrown out there, expected sort of in that range. Uh, how does that impact the free agency, not just of, you know, Bryce Harper, who's probably going to sign for a little bit more than that, uh, you know, sometime soon here, but looking, you know, casting that forward, looking ahead to uh, Francisco Lindor, who becomes a free agent in, after the 2021 season. Uh, you know, what's what's the number that Manny Machado got say about what Francisco Lindor is going to be able to get? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Joe. I thought I, it certainly doesn't hurt Lindor, you know, Lindor's chances. As long as he stays healthy and productive over the next three years, I mean, this kid is going to cash in big time. I mean, I think he could get by on $300 million, but I think it's, you know, I mean, him and Machado are kind of different players. You know, Machado – you know, has shown uh, a little more power than, than consistent power than, than, than Lindor. Lindor has just started to come into his own the last two years. What, 33, 38 home runs, I believe, uh, the last two seasons. Uh, so if he keeps that pace up, you know, I think, you know, he's – you're basically looking at the same kind of player, very productive – and Lindor is has got a, you know Lindor is is a, he's not the bad boy you know he's not right. kicking Jesus Aguilar going down the first baseline in the NLCS he's not saying you know he that he doesn't run hard to first base he's not now, this, Johnny Hustle yeah yeah this this is the kid that, that could be the face of your franchise if he stays healthy and so I think uh, you know <laughs> I think I you know you you, you would imagine you know given uh, what what big time free agents get that. You know, he Lindor. If if all things go like right now, if things stay on course, he's going to make more than three hundred million. 
Yeah, he's got to be significantly more than that. What? How much is the smile worth? Because if all things are equal, you're basically adding money because of the smile, right? You're adding money because of the the PR, the marketing, and the yeah. You can build you can build a ticket sell. You know, you can sell season tickets around him. You can do just about anything you want. This kid gets it. You know, he's not. He's he's having fun playing baseball. It's 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 not like a job for him, you know. And uh, you know, at least that's what that's the Francisco Lindor we see, you know. And that's that's all that counts. And you know, he's good in the clubhouse. You know, he, you know the thing that struck me, Joe. You know, he's he's rehabbing his his calf right now, and uh, you know, so between you know drills and stuff when he's working out. He goes out on the field and, you know, he can't do anything on the field yet, but he, he watches them take BP. He watches the infielders take round balls. Then he goes back in and works with the trainers. And I just think, you know, that it's, it, that's, he, he, he told Francone he wanted to do that so he doesn't lose touch with his teammates. And I thought that was a cool thing. I thought that, you know, an interesting thing. I don't know if all players do that. Some guys are so, you know, self-absorbed or so pissed off that they're, that they're hurt you know, they don't, they're, they're in, you know, that dark cloud is following them all the time. And Lindor's not like that. And, you know, given his, his personality and if his talent stays on the same level, that's a hard combination to beat. Yeah, that, that, that did strike me. I saw Tito's comments about that and how he wanted to stay connected to his teammates. And, and that's got to feel good if you're, you know, Eric Stamets or Yu Chang or any of those guys who are, are, are playing shorts that he's, he's standing right behind you while you're taking those ground balls and, and, and talking to you and talking to you yeah. up. And, you know, it's it, just like the, uh, the bullpen guys who go out and, and watch each other's, you know, bullpen right, the sessions, rotation the, the rotation yeah. does that. Uh, it's, it, that's a very good thing for, for the culture of the team, I think. And, uh, you know, Lindor continues that, I guess, with the, with the position players, that's excellent. Yeah. And I, you know, I was thinking that maybe, you know, they, they, they're kind of getting the Salazar to do that too. And I, I was wondering, or if organizationally that was something, you know, they kind of uh, missed out on last year. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, Salazar kind of, I think maybe got a little isolated and they wanted to, you know, get him back in there and make make sure he felt he was part of the team and the other guys knew he was part of the team. So, you know, it, it was interesting. Well, and we've seen a couple of uh, Instagram posts and social media from Danny Salazar while he's out there. He tried on the new red jerseys. He really likes those. He's, you know, sort of little things like that. Nothing really significant, but but just the fact that he's you know wants to remind fans, hey, I'm I'm still here. That's that's important too. Yeah, and you know who knows? I mean, I you know he he's he's still not. I, I think he's playing catch. He's not thrown off the mound yet. They think maybe he'll be he'll be ready to pitch a few innings at the end of camp. So we'll see. You know, I I mean, last year was a lost cause and. Uh, Hopefully this guy gets back and is able to help them at some point in the season. All right. Well, uh, let's jump into some questions, see what the, uh, what the listeners and the readers are, uh, are talking about or concerned about here. Uh, uh, submitted to Paul on, on, on Twitter and Paul and myself will answer as many as we can. Okay. This is from uh, Todd Penn from Brexville. Uh, he is, uh, he wants P- he wants the Indians to, uh, you know, tell, uh, uh, Bradley Zimmer about uh, the dangers of uh, concussions. He's uh, talk. He said, you know, concussions have sidelined or you know, you know, taken big chunks out of the careers of you know Justin Morneau and and Joe Maurer. Uh, 
uh, Alex, uh, Alex Gordon. And he said Grady Sizemore, but I don't think, I don't remember Sizemore getting a concussion. No. And, but he said, you know, Zimmer, Zimmer needs to be aware of that because of the style his, of his play in center field is so <laughs> aggressive. It was yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, I, Grady Sizemore is one who you can point to and say that, you know, that style of play, that all out style of yeah. play, very similar to what Bradley Zimmer brings you. Uh, he talked to us before the um, the Tribe Fest uh, last month, and he mentioned that yeah, he's he's still going to play with that sort of aggressiveness, but he's he's acutely aware of you know what uh, injury history he has and and what it could do, and he's he realizes that he needs to be able to stay on the field. Uh, I think he he did talk about making adjustments, but not necessarily abandoning that all out style, but, you know, making sure that he takes care of himself, you know, once he does, once he is able to come back. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Joe. When I was talking to him, he kind of reiterated that uh, he said, you know, he's going to be a little more cautious. He's still going to be the same player, but just be a little smarter. You know, I think when he slammed into the wall of Yankee stadium, that, that really shook him up. And I, I think that's, Eventually, well, who knows? I'm not a doctor, but, you know, I would think that had a part to do with that shoulder injury, too, because he hit that wall so hard. And, and uh, you know, so I think, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, everybody, every outfielder has to learn that. Or, you know, I think even Sizemore kind of dialed it back later. You know, they just, mm-hmm. you, you just can't play like that for 162 games, even though you want to, I think. And, and, he, and, he, and Zimmer was saying it, it killed him, you know, to be hurt and to watch the games, not be able to participate. I mean, this guy lived in Goodyear. I think the minute he rolled out of surgery, he, he caught a plane to Goodyear and has been there ever since. So I think, uh, you know, I think you live and learn. I think he's, you know, if he's healthy, he's still, a, you know, a great outfielder, defensive outfielder. And we just have to uh, – it, you know, it all depends on how he hits, I think, because defensively he's he's pretty solid. Yeah, and and you got a chance to see him in the cages out there, and he, he looks like he's back yeah, he hitting those great. tape measure yeah. uh, batting practice balls. Yeah, he, he he was swinging well. Uh, you know, I didn't see him throw. I guess that's maybe probably the last thing to come because he's a right-handed thrower. Uh, then the, the surgery's on the right shoulder. But uh, I, he says everything is on on target. All right. Okay, we got another one here from Ant- Antonio Versace. Uh, oh, nice. He wants the tribe to trade Trevor Bauer and a prospect for Giancarlo Stanton. What do you think about that deal, Joe? Wow. Uh, I it, it, has there been any inkling that Stanton wants out of or you know, I think I you know, there, you know Stanton supposedly. You know, hasn't you know hasn't played well in New York, and they think you know some guys can play there, some guys can't. He almost hit forty home runs last year. Yeah, he had a hundred RBIs and forty home runs, and yet he didn't play well last. That you know, that's the thing. It's it's all relative, but if you put his numbers in the middle of the tribe lineup last year, that's he's he's you know one of the top players in baseball. uh, Regarded that way, I yeah, he he did strike out a lot last year. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, because you would trade, you'd be trading for John Carlos Stanton's contract, not John Carlos Stanton. Right. And exactly. there is, if, if they're, you know, nervous about signing, uh, Francisco Lindor in a couple of years, 
uh, you're not going to do it when you're underwater on a John Carlos Stanton contract that's going to be, you know, going to have several years and many millions of dollars on it. I don't, I don't think that's even a possibility. Yeah, I mean, uh, Stanton would give, uh, give uh, Antonio the power he wants for the Indians, but like you said, that contract would kill him. They're not, there's no way they take now, it. Now, I like the idea of trading Trevor Bauer in a prospect for a bat that, you know, bulks up the middle of the lineup. That's a great idea, I, 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 and and I think you could get more for Trevor Bauer now than you're going to be able to get for him after he, you know, leads the league in strikeouts and ERA this year and wins his first Cy Young as he's predicted he's going to do. But we'll get to Trevor Bauer in a few minutes. <laughs> we got one one more here from Brandon Fisher from uh, Delphus. Um, all teams, uh, all teams seem to be preaching. Uh, financial flexibility with their payrolls is the t- is their tv money drying up or is this a uh is this a form of collusion to keep uh player salaries down and do you think uh a strike or a lockout could be imminent when uh the agreement uh runs out in 2022 well you know before we went on and started the podcast here you and i were just talking about you know the uh the labor situation and and the, the collective bargaining agreement, I believe, is up in two years. Yeah, uh, I think. It, yeah, uh, that's there's the next three time years left. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. There's two or three seasons left on that, uh, and just the the number of uh, veteran uh, players who have signed minor league deals. It's up, it's up close to a hundred players now, I believe. Uh, you know, there's there's the the top guys are still getting their money and getting their years on their contracts and all that. But it's the it's guys like Tyler Clippard. It's guys like, uh, you know, uh, even like an uh, who who were some of the other guys? Like we mentioned Derek Dietrich. He he was a yeah. veteran guy. You know, those guys who who sh- in in past years would have been signing major league contracts are are getting sort of these one year show me tryout you know sort of deals, and this the system seems to be a, a little funky. And he mentioned in their collusion. Uh, you know, that, that's a real tough thing to prove, but, uh, it's certainly evident that the, the owners, the ownership is pumping the brakes on handing out these ridiculous contracts that were so prevalent over the previous 10 years. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, Brandon was asking about, uh, you know, all teams preaching financial flexibility. And I think that comes from all teams kind of measure, measuring the talent of players the same way. Now it's, they don't have, uh, you know, the teams have all, you know, adopted the, the, the uh, you know, the analytics. There's not, you know, there used to be teams that were scout driven. There used to be teams that were, you know, kind of GM driven by the GM's gut and just his feel and his experience. But I think now, you know, all 30 teams are judging, judging players the same way. And that, and that kind of flattens out the salary. I mean, flattens out the payroll. There's not teams are less likely to take a risk on, on a guy that, you know, on a veteran guy, you're not going to get maybe somebody would sign to a five-year deal, you know, eight, 10 years ago. They're not doing that anymore. These blame, guys have to come to camp on a minor league deal. Blame the Astros, blame the Astros a hundred percent. They, they changed the system when they won their, their world series. They, they changed everything by, you know, showing teams that this analytics based sort of player evaluation is, is, is the way to go. And, and ever since then, that's, we've had this, this situation in, in terms of free agency. 
yeah, and they're willing to pay younger players. Teams are willing to pay their younger players a lot more money than, than veterans now. It's, so the system has kind of switched where it used to be the younger players had to wait their turn to get the free agency to make the big bucks. Now, you know, they're signing, they're signing, you know, Lindor was signed for 10.5 million, you know, in arbitration before, with, instead of going to arbitration. So, right. uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, I think definitely, you know, some things are going to have to change when the new agreement comes up, maybe before that, but I sh- I certainly hope there's no strikes, Joe. There hasn't, there hasn't been a strike, I think since what, 95, 94. Right. You know, the, in the 94 season, they, they lost most of the 94 yeah. season. And the Indians lost a chance to get to the postseason. So I hope, hopefully, you know, you know, cooler heads prevail and they get this thing worked out because there is nothing worse than a baseball strike. I mean, and I don't think you, you, you know, it used to be all the, all you did was talk about when you covered baseball, all you, you had to be a, you know, a, a labor lawyer half the time because they were on strike so much. So hopefully that, that those, you know, that, you know, this, this thing gets worked out and uh, everybody gets compensated as they should. You know, who wants a, a, a baseball strike, who would favor a baseball strike would be the association of American football. The, uh, oh, that's, that's right. Be, yeah. I love it. That'd be their, that'd be their favorite thing. All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's move on from uh, reader questions. Uh, talk about more pleasant things like Trevor Bauer. Uh, <laughs> uh, of, of course, this this big uh, so, uh, Sports Illustrated piece comes out uh, earlier this week. Uh, really takes a deep dive on Trevor Bauer. Talks about you know stuff that we've we've already known about Trevor. Stuff that we've <laughs> reported on in the past, and and, and we've talked about it. You know, it it basically brings up all the stuff from just him growing up and his training methods and, and, and whatnot too. But this one sort of revealed a few things uh, that we didn't know about Trevor's personal life. I guess the, the big headlines that were made were um, about his, his requirements for, for dating and his relationship uh, standards and whatnot. If you're a, if you're a young lady who wants to date Trevor Bauer, he has three rules and, you know, one of them is he's going to, you know, sleep with whoever he wants to and there's nothing you can do about it. And once he f- thinks you're you're getting too attached, there's there's no commitment and all this. Uh, you know, what was your take on, on just hearing about Trevor's crazy, uh, eh, not so crazy, I don't, I don't think, but, uh, you know, his, his approach to dating, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, Joe. I, I haven't been on a date in like 40 years, so uh-huh. I, I – but uh, you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> let's just let's look. You know, I, I, Trevor is his own guy. I guess he can do whatever he wants, and uh, you know, I think he's, I think he's got his. I mean, you know, when when Antonetti talks about Trevor, he says he's very clinical, and that's uh, you know, that's I think that's a great adjective. You know, he just kind of he sees things. Uh, Black and white. There's no gray area, and um, you know, more power to him, I guess. But I, I don't want to discuss his dating habits. That's you know, I, you know, Paul, I, I, I 100% agree. I think uh, the only people who might raise an eyebrow or who should maybe raise an eyebrow after reading that piece and reading Trevor's thoughts on all that is, uh, you know, probably teammates and other ball players and maybe just other athlete, professional athletes in general, because. I think a lot of guys operate that way. They just don't publicize it or, you know, tell a reporter, you know, hey, you know, hey, this is how I operate when it comes to, 
to women or, or whatnot. And, uh, you know, the, the folks on Twitter who are, are fired up and, you know, calling Trevor Bauer a Neanderthal or a caveman because of his, his approach, I think they're sort of missing the point. He's just being up front and, and, you know, telling it how it is as opposed to, uh, you know, would you rather have, uh, you know, ball player X who, who lies to you up front and says, Oh no, honey, you're the only one for me. And then, you know, has a lady in Kansas city, Minnesota and Detroit. I, I think, uh, it's it's this would be an instance where Trevor Bauer's honesty might be seen as refreshing as opposed to you know sort of a pain in the rear end, but yeah. you know we can we can move on. I, I'm, yeah. I'm totally fine. When Trevor when Trevor's retired, maybe he'll write another another version of Ball Four or something. But oh, my Lord. head is still spinning from uh, Trevor's uh, you know view on his arbitration case. So I just. We'll, uh, we will move on from from Trevor and uh, and and you know Paul. Uh, the end of this week, the Indians open their um, their spring training exhibition schedule. Adam Plutko announced as the uh, the starting pitcher for the first game on Saturday. Uh, what do we expect from from the Indians when they when they run them out there? You know, can is there a, even a, an inkling of what the lineup could look like? Ah, uh, you know, I, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I think they wait till, you know, probably you get to, you know, get to about 20 games in to the exhibition season. Then you kind of start seeing, uh, you know, who Tito might play where, uh, you know, I think, you know, they use a lot of, you, you can, he'll use different guys in the leadoff spot uh, just to get him an extra at bat, you know, and, and of course, you know, the veterans, you know, will only play two or three innings Saturday. Then, then you, you know, bring in the uh, shock troops and uh, mm-hmm. all the minor league guys. Um, and, uh, you know, but it's going to be interesting, the thing, you know, who's, you know, just getting all these pitchers work. You know, I, w- I would imagine there's going to be some B games. There's going to be some minor league games where, you know, where these guys will be pitching on the backfields. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it, it's fun. I, you know, Bobby DiBiasio, uh, the Indians PR guy or, you know, vice president now, he, uh, he always said there's three phases of spring training. The first one is you can't wait to get there. The <laughs> second one is you can't wait for the games to start. And the third one is you can't wait to get out of there. So <laughs> we're entering the second phase right now. And uh, the games are fun to watch. You know, every, you, get, you get tired of watching pitchers throw to first base and, you know, outfielders shagging fly balls and, and hitters hitting in the cage and, a real game is uh, is 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 fun, you know, and you, you and it's fun for fans because you get to see a lot of different players. You get to see all the kids that you've read about and heard about and watched on YouTube. You get to see them up close and personal, and uh, it's it's just a fun time. That this is the best, you know, when the, when the games start, you know, the first week, the you know, first week or two weeks is is really you know kind of cool. And you get to see Garth Brooks and uh, Will Ferrell run out there for an inning. It's uh, it's great fun, right? It's, it's all sorts of that. I think is the most ridiculous aspect of spring training. But all right, Paul, we'll uh, we'll hook up with you again uh, about this time next week and and see what what's developed out there in Goodyear. And uh, heck, maybe they might sign a few other uh, minor league contracts and you know add a couple more arms. Who knows? Anything know. can happen right now. But uh, good to talk to you, and we'll catch you again next week. All right, Joe.